air hugs. One, two, three. Wow. That was impressive. Now I know where the coffee drinkers are in the house. <laughs> All right, folks. So you guys can go ahead and sit down. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, standing up and joining me in that meet and greet this morning. So as you guys are uh, settling back down, um, we're going to ask uh, for Miss Anita to come forward. Guys, can you put your hands together for Miss Anita? What an amazing Sunday school teacher that we have been blessed with. So Miss Anita is going to share with our children this morning. Thank you, Mike. I'm so glad everyone's here with us this morning. How many of you are glad to be here? Yay, okay. How many of you aren't quite sure? No, okay. I believe that God has you here for a reason. Think about that for a second. Last night when you went to bed, God was there, guiding you here to this moment. As you were sleeping, God was watching over you and preparing you for this moment. God was watching over you when you got up this morning as you got ready to come to church. Now you might say, where is he? I don't see him. There's no God out there. Put your hand in front of your face. Put it to the left. Put it to the right. That's how close God has been with you every moment of every day. There was this guy named David in the Bible who was very special. God said he was a man after his own heart. That means that David tried with all his might to love God and obey God and pay attention to the fact that God was as close to David as your hand in front of your face. David had a good heart, but he made some bad decisions. Have you ever made a bad decision? No, David did. In fact, making bad decisions is kind of something we humans are really good at. But you know what? That does not change the fact that God is still close to you, like your hand was in front of your face. Now, put your hand in front of your face again. Is your hand still there? Do you see it? God is still there. This is called grace. God's grace is all around. God the Father and Jesus Christ, his Son, will give you grace, mercy, and peace. Those blessings will be with us because we love the truth. Grace is help and love that God gives us even though we don't deserve it. It's like a teacher giving you an A on a test where you got all the answers wrong. None of us are perfect, but God loves us anyway. He gives us many blessings that we don't deserve. When we believe in Jesus and turn away from the wrong things that we do, we are saved by God's grace. Just like the story of David and Goliath, David should never have won. But because of God's grace, David defeated the giant and Israel went on to claim the land that God had for them. God's grace is all around. And in second service today, we're going to dig a little deeper into God's grace. Have a good day, and don't forget, God loves you. Amen. Thank you, Miss Anita, for a wonderful message. And uh, kids, just a reminder, just like Miss Anita said, uh, she's going to be following up that message during second service. So make sure that you guys are back there for Sunday school. Church, before we get started this morning, as many of you guys know, we out here in our area have been experiencing some unbelievable wildfires, and we've been affected just by the smoke, but there have been many people who have lost their homes, who have lost everything that they have, and right now these folks are in desperate need of just some of the basics. 
So we just want to remind you, uh, Mr. Mark Butler, our missions president, we are collecting crisis care kits for these people who have been affected. These bags are available right back in the foyer area. So make sure that you guys pick these up. And most importantly, as you guys can see right in the bottom of my bag, there's a little slip of paper. That piece of paper is very important because it has the details of what needs to go in this bag. And you guys need to make sure that you follow those specifically. It has to be exact quantities, exact sizes. So make sure that you guys pick these up on your way out today. Now, church, we're going to talk about a couple of uh, fun and exciting events that we have coming up here at home church. So first of all, this coming Thursday night at 630, as always, we have our youth group with Mr. Matt and Miss Amanda. Amen, guys. You can clap. That's something to get excited for. So I've heard some amazing stories. The kids are having an absolute blast. So again, guys, make sure that you're here at 630 for that time of prayer before you guys actually get into the word with Matt and Amanda. Also happening on Thursday nights at 630 is our children's quizzing. So our children's quizzing is going to be meeting right here at the church at 630. Uh, if you guys have questions or need some additional information, we would encourage you to reach out and either talk to Cherie Matthews or contact our church office for more information. Guys, it is time to get excited. Tomorrow starts the construction on our brand new church parking lot. So I am excited. I know it's something that we have needed for, uh, for a while now. And uh, that is going to be taking place this week. Um, just a reminder, guys, it's going all week long, Monday through Friday. So if any of you need to come in and access the church this week, we're going to ask you guys are going to have to park on the street and then walk over into the church. And then finally, uh, Pray for a Cure is going to be taking place on October the 2nd between 9.30 and 11 a.m. So we just want to encourage everybody to come out and join us in praying for a cure for all cancer. And just a reminder that all ages are welcome to come out and participate in the Pray for the Cure. Church, we're now set to move into our time of giving and worship. So as always, we just want to thank you um, for your continued faithfulness in your tithes and offerings week over week. We would encourage you guys to continue giving online, or if you're here in person, you can use our offering box. It's on the side wall as you guys are exiting the sanctuary. Church Proverbs 11.24 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give, and only suffers want. Bow your heads with me as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us all to your house safely today, God. We thank you for your love and mercy on us, Father. Lord, we believe in the book of Proverbs, and I pray that everybody here will look into their hearts, God, and act in obedience to your word. God, may we give not to become richer, but simply because we love you, God. We ask that you would accept these tithes and offerings today. And as we move into a time of worship in the ward, Lord God, it says in the book of Psalms, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. We declare that you are God and earnestly we will seek you. Father, it's our desire to see you, to feel you in this sanctuary today, God. To behold your power and your glory, Father. God, your love is greater than life and our lips will glorify you. We will praise you as long as we live, and in your name we will lift up our hands. You have satisfied our souls as with the riches of food, and with singing lips our mouths will give you praise. Father God, bless our pastor this morning as he shares your word, God. Let this message speak to someone, even if it's just one person. Let them leave here different today than they walked in, God. Bless our time together this morning as a family. 
I pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's all stand. What can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Guys, help me out. We're going to sing nothing but the blood. uh, What can wash away my sin? And then the ladies, if you can say nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, gentlemen, I need your help, okay? Amen. All right, guys, let's go. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the
since we sang this one. So if you don't know the words, it's okay. Just clap with us, sing with us. Amen. Who's ready to rejoice with Jesus? Amen. Amen. Let's go. Who's ready to go to New Orleans? Okay. Do we have any, uh, anybody ever been to New Orleans? Okay. Okay. Do you have any Saints fans? No? Okay. All right. I'm going to change the subject real quick. I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Sister Jane and Bev and Amy and everybody who's not here, who's maybe not feeling well, who's on vacation, uh, Reuben and Tori. Worship with us. Sing with us at home. Amen, church. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. When the saints go marching in, and when they march around the throne, and they march around the throne. Oh Lord, I want to be in that number. When they march around the throne. And when they crown. And when they crown him, Lord of Crown and when they crown. 
Fiona Acapella, here we go. When the saints. Oh, when the saints go marching. When the saints go marching in. Oh, Lord, I want to be in the number. When the saints go marching. Oh, when the saints go I said, oh, Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching glorious and beautiful day that's going to be marching in together in heaven. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We're going to read a scripture this morning. Our sister Majesta is going to read um, the scripture as we prepare our hearts for this word this morning. And then I'll have my sister Gloria um, read it also in Spanish. Amen. Amen. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Colosenses 3.13 Soportandoos unos a otros y perdonandoos unos a otros. Si alguno tuviere queja contra otro, de la manera que Cristo os perdonó, Así también hacedlo vosotros.
so thankful for your grace we're thankful Lord for your cross and we are thankful that we serve a risen king thank you Lord Lord help us today to lay all of our burdens at that cross because we know that you are worthy and you will carry them for us if we have anything against anyone, we pray that that too would be laid at your cross. We thank and praise you, Lord, for our home church and the fact that we can be together to worship you. And we ask today that you would hide our pastor behind the cross and fill him with your Holy Spirit so that as he delivers your message to us, we might know that we know that we've heard from God himself. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor and pray for a particular anointment upon him now. Thank you for this time when we can worship you in spirit and in truth because of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Amen this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Before the singers are seated, can we give a hand uh, to Gloria this morning for joining us? Amen. And last but not least, her daughter, uh, or I'm sorry, Sylvia, and last but not least, Gloria here. Amen. Thank you. Sorry. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you so very much. Thank you, musicians. And uh, singers, I so appreciate you guys. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, I am so glad to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Uh, the balloons are cool and all, but I could do that Saturday. I want to be in God's house on Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. I was, I was uh, reading about two baseball players, professional baseball players, who had their future in front of them, their careers were uh, ahead of them, making millions of dollars, getting ready to, 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 uh, to make history, and they were arguing whether or not there was baseball in heaven. And they made an agreement. They said, so what we'll do, whoever passes first, we have to, let's, let's shake on this. We'll come back and tell the other whether or not there's baseball in heaven. So a few months went by, and sure enough, one of them passed away. Went to heaven, came back, and said, I got good news and bad news. And he said, what's up? He says, the good news is, yes, there's baseball in heaven. The bad news is, you're scheduled to pitch next week. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> look, it's, look I, I, I say that because we, we just sang this song, um, when the saints go marching in. What a glorious day that's going to be. And I want to talk about something this morning that the enemy is trying to do. One of the things that he uses, uh, an encouraging word this morning, to shut down the blessings in your life, to shut down the, the, uh, the future God has for you. Um, and, and most importantly, he, he does not want you to make heaven. And so um, I want to go to Matthew 16. If you could turn there, Matthew 16, those who brought their Bibles this morning. This was inspired um, by an individual by the name of, I hope I'm saying this right, uh, Zedin Zedan. Um, I was reading about this man at the World Cup, really the world stage. Any soccer fans here this morning? Anybody like soccer? Okay. There was a match between France and Italy. It ended tragically 
for the French superstar, Zidane Zidane was considered one of the greatest of all time on the world stage. World Cup, this is his final game of his career, and in the 110th minute, he was offended by an opponent's comment. Somebody made a comment, and he viciously headbutted his opponent, resulting in two things. One, he was kicked out of the game, red carpet penalty, and because he is the superstar, he was unable to participate in a critical shoot-off. France lost the World Cup to Italy. And there's a picture in the article I wish I could have had it up this morning with Zidane walking off the field for the last time in his career. Just passing the trophy they say he should have been carrying and that now he would never take home because of this outburst. And there's also a picture of this huge bronze statue on one of the beaches in France of him headbutting this guy to forever remember France lost the World Cup because of him. The French are brutal. (laughs) And I I thought about that and I I get some insight. I want to preach a sermon I've titled Your World Cup Stage. Your World Cup stage. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about heaven and hell. I'm talking about your future. Because there's more at stake for you and I than the World Cup. And that's our soul. Let's read Matthew 16, 21 right here. Let's get some insight from what Jesus is saying about a particular issue when it comes to being offended this morning. Say amen if you're ready. Amen. Amen. Maybe maybe I can get an amen from the camera here, those at home. Let's do it one more time. Say amen if you're ready for the word. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Matthew 16, 21. For that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Wow, take up his cross and follow me. Verse 25, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. I want to look first and foremost at understanding offense. Anyone here has ever been offended? Anybody? Can I get, a, can I get an honest heart? Okay, we got one. Okay, okay thank you, Mike. A few honest people, the rest of you need to hit the altar, okay? Um, Because there's an American or like a Western view of of being offended, and then there's a scriptural view of being offended. Um, If you look up the word offense or offended in the English dictionary, it means to be annoyed. Who's ever been annoyed? Displeasure. To be disgruntled. To be irked. To be humiliated. Embarrassed. And notice, I know it was Wednesday. I noticed each one of these 
words is talking about a human emotion. Taking offense at something that happened to us in life. But the Greek word is completely different. And it is the word scandalizel. Somebody try to say that. Scandalizel. It, it deals with displeasure in a different way. Scandalizel. Um, it's, it is a, a, a pleasure that traps our lives and trips us up, causes us to, to sin. The word scandalizel is a picture of a trap stick, a, a bent sap link, you know? Any hunters out there, and you got a string tied to the to the to, to the bottom, and, and it's ready. And an animal comes, and you got some food there, and the the animal puts his foot in there, and next thing you know, the animal's hanging by this snare, this trap, awaiting its certain death. And Jesus uses this word. He's using the word because of Peter's comment. He's saying, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. I'm going to be raised to life. And I'm going to, to, and then he shares the great commission. That doesn't get any more Nazarene than that, amen? And he's sharing this with Peter. And Peter speaks out against him. He says, get he says, far be it from you, Lord. And you have to understand Jesus' love for Peter, but also his love for the Father. And Jesus could have been offended in a moment like that, but he's a, he, he, he says, you are an offense to me. You are not mindful. And notice how Jesus did not say, I'm offended. I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt. Jesus did not say, I'm offended, but he says, you are an offense to me. It's two different things. What he was talking about was far more than hurt feelings. He's rebuking Peter. He's saying, Peter, your spirit is, uh, is not in the right place. You're, I like what Pastor Todd would say. You're, you're not looking at this situation from an a, a upper story. You're looking at it from a lower story. Amen? And if we're honest this morning, Peter's words were actually enticing. Can you imagine getting ready to go to the cross and or you're going to be doing something crazy and all of a sudden your friend says, hey man, you don't, that's, that's not you. Don't do that. It's enticing. It's something we want to hear. It's, it's, it's exactly what the devil does. He likes to appeal to human emotion. To take you and I off the straight and narrow. He appeals to self-interest. He appeals to comfort. This is what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. Satan came to, came to them and says, you you, you, what do you mean you don't have to? You, he's, God is holding out on you. You're being mistreated here. You, you can be just like God. Poor you. It's mind-blowing to me the difference, the way the world views this word and the way God views it. And what's crazy is when we allow human emotion to dictate um, we start justifying for our rebellion, our disobedience. And our emotion can ruin our future. And the issue is not if we're ever offended. The, the issue is, is how we respond when we are offended. Um, Because many people, their emotions do not have the ability to proper, properly lead us, to lead you. I mean, you know, our, our emotions can't shepherd us. That's why we need Christ in our life. 1 Peter 2.6, very interesting right here. This word is used for Christ himself. It's the same word right here. Look, 1 Peter 2.6. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. 
But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders reject has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. How many of you know our God is never wrong? He's never unfair. He's never cruel. God is never unrighteous. But yet there are still people in this world who are offended at him. The Bible says Christ himself becomes a rock of, of offense. People can reject him, but yet he is still the chief cornerstone. Amen? Peter, with all his ambition, and I don't know about you, but I love Peter because Peter reminds me a little bit of myself. You know, he has a temper. He's, uh, he wants to do what's right. He messes up badly. Right? I'm telling on myself right now. Um, no, the rooster never crowed for me, though, that's for sure. But, but, but at the end of the day, Peter got the job done. I, 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 want, I, want, I want that to be said about me, you know? At the end of the day, Peter got the job done. And many of us this morning might be wrestling with an offense. I know I was a few weeks ago. Um, the devil's working overtime to mess with our emotions and he wants us to respond incorrectly. He wants us to respond by our, our thoughts and our emotions and what's scary, it has the power to destroy our faith and to cause us to miss what God has for us. Matthew thirteen twenty. But he who received the seed on stony places this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. That's me. I'm going, wow, pray, that's me right there. Oh, man. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. One translation says immediately he's offended. One other translation says immediately he leaves the will of God. We need to understand that Satan studies human behavior. When Satan finds a couple, when he finds a couple teenagers, when he finds, a, when he finds somebody that's, 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 that's wanting to do right in life, when he finds a grandparent who's praying for their grandchildren, when he finds an uncle or an aunt who's trying to live for God and, and, and they want to be a good example, when he, fi- he's, he wants to start pushing their button. You know, I find it very interesting that this man's a dam. As I read a little more into his life, because I was just getting hit up, He's known to have a hot temper. He had 14 red cards in his career. And he made a comment right here that I'm going to read. It says 12 of them were the result of provocation. He says, my passion, my, my temperature, and blood made me react. And that tells me that was, the, that was part of the pregame strategy. I would have to be naive to think, that at the right moment, at the right time, they knew already. Listen. Go say this to him right now. Go, go say. And I'm not even going to tell you what the lip readers said, what they determined that they were saying, what he said to them, what, he, what they said to him. I can't, I can't do that over the pulpit. But what they said to him that coach knew exactly what he was doing. At the right time, gave him the signal. How many know the devil also studies your behavior, your personality? And he waits for the right moment, at the right time, Heck, he might even use me to do it. And I promise, I'm not the devil. I was hoping to get an amen there, but it's okay. All right. It's all good. 
We might be watching online this morning. We might be here this morning. We might, be, we, we might have some offense in our heart. And if we don't deal with it correctly, if we go off our emotion, we might not be here next year. Jesus is looking at this from a, uh, an eternal perspective. Uh, the upper story, he's, he's looking at this. Verse 24, I want you to circle this right here. You've got to circle this right here if you're writing notes. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, Peter didn't really have a legitimate offense. His his, let me tell you something about Peter. See, Peter, I, we could go on for days about this, but Peter really, his self-interest was hurt, was hit. Was threatened. There's always a story behind the story. When you peel back the onion of my excuses, when you peel the, the orange and you get down to the core Many times you'll find that there was a cross that threatened what I wanted to do. There was, a, there, there's a, there was the will of God. Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And, and Jesus is trying to teach these guys something. He's... he's he doesn't allow his emotions to dig. He tells Peter, get behind me, Satan, but with love and compassion. He loves Peter. Peter was having a tough time processing this. Verse 26, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So many people think that's about fame. And, but, but Peter right here is about to give an exchange for his soul over an emotion. Over a, over a feeling. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? I mean, my gosh, if we're going to just go by a feeling, might as well go get famous. Eat and drink and be merry, right? Tomorrow we die. I, 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 he, he, he's, he's trying to teach them. So Jesus is warning us of our sinful emotions. And we can try to justify because of our wounded heart and our wounded pride. Verse 27 right here, this is where it all comes down to. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he will reward each according to his works. Amen. Amen. This is what it comes down to right here. This is right here. How many you know we're not saved by works? We don't go to heaven because we, we clean the church, amen? We, we, don't, we don't go to heaven by, we go to heaven because of faith through grace in Jesus Christ, amen? Salvation, but, but, but what a sad day that would be getting to heaven and there's a trophy there, there's some reward there that I walked by that was mine, but I allowed my Emotions to overtake. He says right here, reward each according to his works. I mean, you know, we all have grievances. It's okay to address them, but more times than not, it's, it's not the grievance that's the problem when I think of my own life. It's the petty response that I had towards the grievance. It's my pettiness. It's my 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 hurt feelings. You know, as I close, Jesus was often frustrated. Jesus was misunderstood. Jesus was misrepresented. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was crucified. And he what? He forgave them 
and me and you. And all he asks is for us, church, to do the same. He just, that's all he asks is that we do the same. To stay on the course. Someone once said, forgiveness is surrendering my right to hurt you for hurting me. Forgiveness does not pretend there was no offense. It does not dismiss wrongdoing. It does not say that it's all right. True forgiveness is realistic. Forgiveness is going to a person either in your mind or in reality and saying, I don't understand. I will never understand. It wasn't okay, and it's not okay. But I forgive you. Forgiving doesn't make you a personalized doormat. Forgiving isn't the same as tolerance. Forgiving doesn't mean you're a fool. Forgiving is healing yourself of something that happened to you that you cannot tolerate, but you forgive it as the only way to heal the wound that is left with you. You forgive somebody and begin to dance instead of cry. And you begin to walk with God. You are a prisoner set free. And you discover that the prisoner you set free was yourself. Church, let's not buy into this modern day culture of I'm offended over everything. Don't, don't buy into it. You know, that, that's, it's almost like the, it's, I'm offended, they throw up the red, I'm offended, you offended me. It's like, I'm not going to buy into this culture of I'm offended, you offended me. How many of you know they mocked Jesus, they pulled out his beard, they spit on him, they crucified him. If anyone should be offended, it should have been Jesus himself. I'm offended. I'm not going to buy into this. If someone says something to you that's not right, do what Jesus said. Do, do what Jesus did. Now, I wouldn't call him Satan, okay? Don't, don't call someone Satan, but in your mind, you're, you're, you're an offense to me. Get, get behind me. I am not gonna, I'm not going to allow my emotions to, to be offended. I'm not going to. You're an offense to me. But Christ in you, Christ living in you, through you, you can still love that person and what that person said, won't, you won't allow it by the help of God to affect your destiny and your future in God. Are you hearing me, church? Let's not go by our emotions about what people say. Let's not allow our emotions to dictate, affect our destiny and our walk with God. This morning, church, we're going to take, we're going to receive communion this morning. And if you don't have a, a, a cup, please raise your hand and I'll make sure you get one. Okay? Miss Jeannie, could you please uh, grab a few? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's just grab the whole thing. Let's bring it out. Amen. I want to encourage you, church, if, if, uh, if you were not right with the Lord this morning, um, I would be, I would, if, there, if there's a grievance, if there's someone you haven't forgiven, I'd be very cautious on, re, on receiving communion with us this morning. Maybe you're upset at someone. Maybe you're, 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 maybe you're hurt. I want to encourage you to forgive this morning. Amen. As we receive communion, that we may receive it 
in right standing with God this morning. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else would like? Anybody else? Okay. Amen. Oh, one more right here, sister. Thank you. If your if your child um, if your child is understands what we're doing, feel free also to give one to your child. I want to read 1 Corinthians 11.23 right here. It says, uh, uh, verse 24, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you could take, if you could peel open the, uh, bread or the styrofoam sorry church in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Go ahead and drink. Amen. Let's all stand, church. As we dismiss. I'm going to say a prayer over this communion and thank God for this moment. And Brother Juan, if you could come and please um, and pray us out of here, I would appreciate that. Let's bow our heads, church. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to take communion together, to receive and to remember what you did on the cross for our sins. God, I would just pray, God, that each and every one of us would have an open heart, that our heart remains soft towards one another, towards people, even at the workplace, uh, at school, wherever that is, that our heart may be in right standing with you, God. If I'm going to be vulnerable, may I be vulnerable for you. If I'm going to be humble, Lord, may I be humble for you. May we be righteous in your sight. And I just thank you, God, for this moment. Let us never forget what you did on the cross and how you forgave us that we may also forgive others. In Jesus' name, I pray. I thank you. Amen. As a uh, pastor was uh, preaching the sermon, something told me, he's like, hey, uh, some, I, I feel that God told me to pull up this verse, and somehow I knew that Carlos was going to call me up. But uh, it's uh, difficult, challenging times that we're going through right now with everything that's going on in this world. And so true, don't let the emotion, your emotions hijack you. Uh, we got to remember one thing. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus I have come that they may have life and have it to the full and have it to the full. So the devil's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, our family, our relationships with our with, with, with our boys, with our girls, with our with our spouse. And it's you know, and this is this could be anything, you know, emotional. And uh Heavenly and gracious Father, I thank you for this message, Lord. Help us to embrace this message and keep it within our heart and remind us, Lord, as we go on this day, the week, the month, remind us to embrace and, and, to, and uh, to embrace this message 
and to teach it to our, to our loved ones and to not let the devil destroy our family, Father, and our loved ones, Lord. Father, we pray and uh, we rebuke all evil forces that are trying to trap us, uh, forces of depression, oppression, stress, anxiety, Lord. Evil forces, we rebuke, in them, we rebuke in them in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father. And help us to stay in your word, Father, and guide us, Father. And uh, Lord, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Is that the first song?